Welcome everyone to the Nick's Infinite Playlist Podcast, a show where we always talk about something because something is always on. I'm your host, Nick Hogan. With me this week is a very special guest, guest a very special guest, Jen Knudsen. Jen, introduce Hello. Introduce myself. Uh, well, uh, I am a blogger, primarily. Um, most people probably know me by J. Buffy Angel. That's my Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> and a reviewer. I write error reviews, extremely in-depth error <laughs> reviews, and just genuinely talk about TV. I wrote for Just About Right. I wrote for... Uh, uh, I did a little bit of TV fanatic, and I also wrote for Telltale TV for a while, which I heard you also just recently joined staff, which yeah, I've actually been is on awesome at Telltale for almost a year. Um, Have you? I just yeah. I'm like in and out. <laughs> I'm a contributor. I'm right. just like it'll be a while. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna take you off staff. And I'll email her and be like. Yeah, it is. Like back on staff. Right. <laughs> I'm very fluid there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I highly recommend. Uh, compared to previous experiences I've had, I highly recommend Telltale. Um, Aren't they wonderful? Yes, they're. It's just. It's a, it's a wonderful group of wonderful people, and um, it's so easy to want to do work for them. Yes, uh, absolutely. So I'm. I'm. I made the jump, and I'm glad I did it. Um, yes. so just a little bit of backstory. Uh, Jen and I know each other because we met at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. Yes, we did. It was a um, good time. <laughs> <laughs> so we hung out at the uh, rooftop party by NBC, right? Is that where we met? Yep. I think that is where we met because you work with Araceli and mm-hmm. so I'm big, I'm big buddies with her. So she introduced yeah. us and we hung out at that party. It was really fun. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was there with the Just Felt Right crew with Jen yeah so So, uh I was just revisiting that with somebody today because they were watching discovering my coworker was discovering the hundred for the first time and I said look at the photos that I have on my phone uh that I took of the hundred stars at comic-con in the last couple years or 17 which was a while ago now um (laughs) (laughs) so I was I always use that to impress people at parties and stuff um, okay, you got to break out the, I got like a Jamie Alexander from Blindspot picture that I break out every once in a while. Exactly. I was there when you took that, wasn't I? I'm pretty sure. I was, like, I was, we were there in a professional capacity and I looked at Jen because I'm a huge Blindspot fan and that's what I, I write the Blindspot reviews for just about right. Right. And I was like, I am going to go fangirl on her and she's like, have at it. <laughs> I just was like, listen, completely inappropriate. But can I have your picture? She was so sweet and she was gorgeous. Yeah. I just wanted to stare at her. <laughs> so, I remember, so, yeah, absolutely. I remember that. Um, and yeah. I remember meeting Alan Tudyk at that party. And, yes. Um, I, mine was, I was just like, I played it super cool and I was really proud of myself. Um, and I do have a picture of myself with Ron Funches from Undateable on that part. On that. You're way like more like, you were able to find more people. I do um, remember that we met the TV line guys that night too. Yeah, I remember. We had, there's a picture of us out there in the yep. internet verse of, with us, all of us, and Michael Osiello. Yes, which we were just like, we adore you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was super nice. He's like, oh, you guys want a photo? Like, he was the one who offered. Uh, yes, we were was- like, um, we love you even more now. <laughs> so. 
Everyone we met at that beach party was just super sweet. Yeah. Very really. kind. Absolutely. Um, no egos. So, yeah. Like, okay. This is amazing. <laughs> so, um, before we really get into some of these topics, um, I wanted to get, I, I don't, we don't have a ton of time to spend on Game of Thrones or Avengers Endgame, but I just kind of want to get your general thoughts on how Game of Thrones ended and how you feel about Avengers Endgame. Um, I loved Avengers Endgame. I was a sobbing mess. Me and my daughter, my husband, like, actually leaned over and was like, are you guys okay? We're like, no, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I loved everything about it. It was just so cool to see all the superheroes. I mean, it's 10 years of movies, mm-hmm. you know, lead up. So I thought they did a beautiful job. I was like, this is great. They incorporated new characters that, you know, Captain Marvel just showed up on the scene. She was awesome. Flawless. I think they did. The end scene was the big battle. I was like, okay, well, this is kind of sets the standard for action movies for me now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thrilled with it. Uh, Game of Thrones. Different story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell us. I, oh, dear, Nick. You know, I was a Game of Thrones binger. Mm-hmm. So I binged it. And then I watched season seven live and loved it. And then we got to eight and it was going well. Mm-hmm. And then we just hit episode five. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is happening? And I got into it with a lot of people on Twitter because I just was like, you know, this is just an unpleasant. I'm not typically like super feminist, as you know, <laughs> but I was right. like, this is an uncomfortable dynamic that... Mm-hmm female characters like goes all evil and I just I was like and eh, I'm not loving it and it felt way too fast I think they needed at least 10 episodes and everyone's <laughs> like oh but the foreshadowing I'm like yeah listen yeah pretty much anyone on Game of Thrones who's a good character had a moment where they enjoyed killing someone mm-hmm. and it's like if it was a Stark that was cool <laughs> right. so but if it, was, if it was Daenerys, that was a sign of madness. I was like, that just didn't sell it for me. I was like, no. I don't think the writers did enough um, laying that groundwork. And I think they relied too heavily on selective scenes to just, like, explain it away. Mm-hmm. And I think the pacing was much too fast. And her descent into madness was like flipping a light switch. I was like, I get it. She lost a lot. But... I just, it was just, it was rapid pace. I was like, they should, I heard that the, that the, the HBO wanted two more seasons with 10 episodes each. And I was huh. like, yeah, that would have, that would have been better. Yeah. The so, word on the street is that Benioff and Weiss were the ones who picked the amount of episodes for the last two seasons. And I was like, why? <laughs> I think they got a deal. They got a, they got a movie making deal. Yeah. Yeah. Something like Star Wars. I wanted like that. to, yeah, were they? Are they doing Star Wars? Yeah, okay, they are. That makes me nervous. Uh, so, I think you know when I watched all their interviews, and I was like, "Really, guys?" Like, as a, you know, the after the show, I was like, "I just don't." And I think you know, I wasn't into all the theories. I was nowhere near emotionally invested. I just felt bad for all the fans who just spent like years right. developing theories, and a lot of the stuff that they told you mattered didn't matter. Like yeah. at all <laughs> in the end and I was like oh that sucks for everybody so it just felt messy yeah and I was like is, is, is this like, really, really, really? 
I think the one ending, the one arc that I absolutely loved was Sansa's. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was great. Um, but pretty much every character, there is sizable plot holes. And I am pretty good about ignoring plot holes, particularly in a fantasy series where there's dragons. You know, I roll with it. But I was like, I just have a hard time with the whole concept that Daenerys forgot about, you know, that Cersei has a fleet probably waiting for her. (laughs) Okay, but I forgot about that. But, you know, I wasn't all upset about the Night King stuff. I thought it was cool that Arya got to kill him. I was like, Mm-hmm. I was I was annoyed with the with the photography, like the filming. I was like, oh, this yeah. doesn't feel smart to be filming the big epic battle in pitch black, and then we add snow, <laughs> like <laughs> blizzard conditions. I was like, super awesome, you guys. What they spend on it? I mean, millions of dollars. I was like, I can't see anything. <laughs> so I was like, that's not good. So, but you know, the action-wise, I was like, I thought that I liked the Battle of Battle of Winterfell. I know people were like, wait, I thought, I think there was an order that people thought was going to go, that the ending was going to be the Night King. His death was fairly, I don't know, quick. It was, uh, (laughs) seemed unceremonious compared to the build. Yeah, I was like, okay. And honestly, I just was kind of cracking up because John, I mean, he stayed on the dragon, which kind of, um, Daenerys bailed him out several times, and then he just kind of uh, did nothing. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) interesting. So, yeah, and I, the other thing that I had a problem with, I was just never got on board the whole John and Daenerys love story. Just didn't, didn't sell. I don't think the two had great chemistry. Know, the people are going to kill me. Um, but yeah, I just, it was just never one of those. Oh, I forgot what I'm really mad about. And I can't believe I live with it. <laughs> Jamie Lannister. Disaster zone. Cause I'm a huge Jamie and Brienne oh, yeah, fan. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that they even hooked up, I was like, what? That was amazing. <laughs> but then like he leaves her and goes back to Cersei and you're like, oh, so the whole redemptive arc that they're, Built, they built over seven years in character development. We're just gonna, we're just chucking it. Cool, got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I totally empathize. I was, um, you know, uh, on the last last episode of the podcast that I just released um, on the same day or yesterday before we recorded this today, um, I we broke down Game of Thrones pretty heavily, and most of it uh-huh. I, I felt like you know, in my head, objectively, I could justify, but there was a lot of just, like, emotional letdowns. Um, yeah, it was, just, it was just a bummer. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, well. I, I kind of was like, meh, about the end of it. Uh, and all my favorite characters lived, you know, the um, Tyrion and and Sam yeah. and, and Tormund, uh, all of those guys yeah. got to live. And, I, you know, John really wanted to go live with the Free Folk, and so, like... I was happy for him. Um, yeah, that part of it. I was pretty cool with how the Starks ended up. Yeah. Like, well, John didn't want to be king anyways. It was a little, I was a little like, oh, we're <laughs> like, oh, okay, Bran's going to be king. And I, a lot of people had a problem with it, but I was like, you know, sure, why not? <laughs> I really could have, honestly, where I was really coming down was 
Drogon is the best and should rule everything. Mm-hmm. And that was where I I just was like, let's just give this game to him. And so the fact that he destroyed the throne, I was like, yeah, I kind of got my way. So <laughs> I was like, cool. Drogon's the best. And, you know, Starks end up okay. And Jamie and Cersei are dead. I was like, that's wildly disappointing. But yeah, <laughs> well, you know, um, I said this to, to to Adam on the other podcast, but I was like, I ultimately Jamie's is probably the one where I can justify it the most in my head because um, obviously I wanted him to stay with Brienne too. But at yeah. least you know, I know all kinds of people who have gone back to their crazy toxic relationships a thousand yes. times. Um, you know, and so he's just got this like this really appealing life in front of him, and he can't let himself have it. He remembers all yeah. the things he's done. And it's probably because he is at Winterfell and, and remembers that he pushed Bran Stark out the window and remembers staring all at Bran all day. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I, I think that his was the most justified, but it was still just like, I just felt like it was kind of disappointing. Um, Super disappointing. You're just so, I mean, you're just so heartbroken for Brienne. Right. She just, she just loves him. And you know, what's interesting, he stayed with her, I would, I think, at least a month. So it wasn't like it was like one night. I mean, they were living together. The, it was, he was yeah. trying to do this and he just, and I think he loves her. Yeah. I think he loved her very much, but he just, he couldn't live with himself. Uh, he just felt completely undeserving of himself. And he, you know, he told her straight, he's like, I'm hateful. Yeah. He, he he's really one of those he can't um it's one of those it was he, he knew it was suicide going back to Cersei and I think he was he uh did not feel worthy of any love or for forgiveness. So Yeah. I ultimately think that that's what it was and I I mm-hmm. read it like that and that um you know just in real life toxic people like Cersei have a hold on you. Um and Yeah, I, I mean I a ton of people go back to her. it's an addiction. Yeah. yeah. And you know, the writers are like, he's addicted. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I just was kind of hoping <laughs> yeah. the other route. <laughs> Could any of the relationships survive? <laughs> right. Just a couple of ones. <laughs> I honestly was not expecting them to even go there with Jamie and Brianna. I really wasn't. So I, I, my cup floweth over just for what we got. It was just yeah. so disappointing. Well, like the episode where they Brian was incredibly kind to him in yeah. the writing of the. <laughs> the episode where they hooked okay. up was the best one of the season. Um, oh, absolutely! It was so good. So, uh, you know, I, and, and that's what told me, like, that the that the creators and the writers, like, they still knew how to do good stuff. Um, yeah, and I felt like they just kind of oh, you know, we got this new Star Wars deadline now, so we got to finish this up. Um, that is really what it felt like. And it kind of, you know, I don't know enough about the author. I was like, is this really the ending? He's like, I mean, okay, Daenerys goes crazy. I was like, all right. I just, that needed more time to simmer yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Particularly since they've built her as, you know, it, it was a great character because, you rarely see female characters built as the savior. Right. So I was a little like, you know, if we're doing the whole man, woman, no, the woman went crazy because emotions. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> I'm not here for that. So um, it just, it was like, you know, John can lose people and be completely fine, but Daenerys goes insane. I'm like, you know, 
know. And, and honestly, the explanation for her insanity was belts. I was like, I'm going to need more. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know, I recognize Darren for who she is. I was not um, under any um, illusions. You know, she promised blood and fire. But I mean, there's a vast difference between Daenerys going to war with Cersei and sticking it to her, and Cersei deserves everything that she got, and Daenerys turning on thousands of innocent people. Like, that just didn't track. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense to me. I was like, and she repeatedly said, I don't want to be queen of the ashes. I'm like, okay, well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, and her insecurity about John, I get that. Just, but, you know, she's, I thought what was interesting was she became addicted to the adoration. And so when she's in Winterfell and people love John more than her, I was yeah. like, it was an interesting dynamic. And I was like, to see her so visibly threatened by that. And yet you can understand why she's visibly threatened by that because she lives in a society where women, I mean, the conversations that Tyrion had about the, you know, and Oh God, what's the, I don't remember names. <laughs> the guy Varys. betrayed her. Varys, thank you. And the convert, like the fact that she's a woman, isn't working for them. Like I was, like, this is. I get it's a timepiece. Like, right. Uncomfortable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was just it, that part of it. I was like uncomfortable. So I was like, I get it, but yeah, there was. It was just. It was one of those story pacing. I was like, this is not gonna fly. This is not working for me. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think that uh, we can relate, um, and that yes. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of America also relates. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that did annoy me was there was a lot of articles that oh, it was impossible for Game of Thrones to stick the ending because of the expectations. I'm like, no. There was multiple ways they could have stopped the yeah. ending, and I don't like it when. Here's the other thing I don't like. I think sometimes when a show is so completely praised for so many years and then people are disappointed in it, it was an interesting um, reaction from the cast and the creators. Um, you know, it was a rejection of, no, you don't get to not like it, I felt. I was like, you know, right. this is the thing. You put out a product. Um, it's like, you know, I look at, you know, when movies and TV, it's like thousands coke you're selling me tv you're selling me tennis shoes i i don't like the new coke you know and that's right. okay you, you know and um part of the uh reciprocal process between fan and creator is that dialogue and if you're going to put something out there you need to expect that people might not like it and you can't just shut that right. down because people worked hard i appreciate that people worked hard mm -hmm. it's great Lots of people work hard, <laughs> but that doesn't mean that the product and the story that was delivered just because people worked hard on it does not mean that I have to love it. Right. Yeah. And I think, I that, think the part where it got ridiculous was the petition though, where people were like, what's yeah, yeah. sweeping Game of Thrones? I'm like, yeah, see, <laughs> you just take it one step too far and then we look crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. The petition was too it, far I Right, why they were like, and maybe that's mostly what they were reacting to was the petition. And that part I got, I was like, yeah, that's nonsense. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with standing by your work, even if people don't like it. Um, right. But there's just this, um, there's a fine line between um, 
standing by it and being overly defensive of it. And then there's the, the fans kind of react the same way. Like, uh, exactly. Well, between not liking it and demanding that people change it. Exactly. Well, and fans, we very easily think because we think we can control, particularly in this um, social media environment, we think we can control the creation. Right. And I, particularly with TV and movies, I think that if you think your response can control the creation, you fundamentally don't understand how it's made. You know, I mean, TV is filmed several episodes ahead. You know, mm-hmm. we're seeing episodes and they're already filming five or six episodes ahead. They can't respond to fan response on a dime. It just doesn't, it doesn't work. So I'm always a little bit like, you know, you're screaming about something that they can't change. Yep. <laughs> it is what it is. It's cool to be mad about it, but they're not going to go back and refilm, you know, episode five of Arrow. It's, it's done. <laughs> so, right. Moving on, you know. Yeah, um, exactly. Same with movies. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> Didn't like Star it's, Wars. It's, I understand. Yeah. Get over it. it. <laughs> Move on with your life. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's the part of it. I don't really hang on to stuff. I'm like irritated for like maybe 24, 48 hours. And I'm like, you know, there's laundry to do. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Kids to raise. Back to my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, j- I would just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Some of that's, I just want to kind of stick to some current topics to make it current for the people, you know, so there's urgency to listen. Yeah. Um, and then something else I want to touch on is just that we just finished, just got through uh, the gauntlet that is um, the May upfronts and the cancellations. And so I wondered um, how the cancellation bear both affected, affected you positively and negatively uh, this year. I, you know, like I love this part of, I like the business aspect of television. So I always really like, uh, I've taken an interest in how ratings and how they make money. And I always tease my husband. I'm not a huge sports fan, but like fall TV is like my fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like it takes the year to see how things shake out. I did okay this year. Yeah. I think I did okay. Yeah. The one the one that I was like really stressing about was Good Girl. Oh yeah. Because I love it. And the ratings aren't spectacular, but they gave it an early renewal for season three. Yeah. It was in the bubble last year. I was like, That's what? Fantastic. And it was crazy this year. It was crazy good. It was, I like shows sometimes when they've been on the bubble. It can kind of go either way. They'll get to the next season, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to put it all on the table. And you know, that can be really great, or they go completely off the cliff. <laughs> You're like, wait. Right. Too much. Reel it back. So I, that girl just was like, we're just going to do everything. And it was awesome. So. So I'm very excited that got season three. There were shows that I was 100% sure uh, were going to get canceled and done <laughs> that mm-hmm. didn't. Like Blind Spot, I was just like waiting for them to put the nail in it. The right. ratings are terrible. I mean, absolutely. It's a Friday night show, but even for NBC, it's not doing good. And it was stupid of me to think it because they are they were one a few episodes away from 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. which is syndication and they're gonna and i think it's owned by nbc so i was like oh that was dumb i should have yeah. known that they're if they're if they're in the ball i think it's owned by greg Berlanti's production company oh, yeah. so if they're if they're in the ballpark of 100 you're you're going so because you know that's how they make their money back so so that was a surprise and you know, 
I was very confident Arrow was going to go season eight. I really was not thinking that was going to be that season seven was it. Primarily just because I know how well the CW announces final seasons on their network. And there was like right. nothing. <laughs> so I was like, we're going eight. What shocked me in the beginning was that it was a 10 episode order. I was like, really? Okay. All right. I mean, I always thought Arrow would do better as a short episode order show. I was like, you know, 23 episodes is a long haul, and mm, most network TV shows don't do well at it. So I was, like, really kind of bummed out because I was, like, not emotionally prepared for it. But then Emily Bett Ricard decided to come back, and I'm like, 10 fine. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, other than that, I can't really think of other ones where I was, like, either super surprised with the cancellation or kind of a quiet year which was nice because last year was insane with like timeless and there's a lot of drama yeah i think um i'm better at identifying like red flags <laughs> or like yeah, um, you are good no at that. that show is gonna survive <laughs> i'm just not gonna bother getting invested um so particularly if it's fox i check ratings on fox constantly yeah. and if it's starting to drop i'm like see ya because fox is awful it's yeah, terrible. I know. Um, I don't. I've barely watched anything on Fox anyway, and I hadn't watched the season of The Gifted at all because I was like, I'm, I'm just. Not, oh, same. Uh, yeah, I was sure watching it, get. and I just was like, I'm out. So I watched the whole first out. season, and I didn't even start the second season because I was just I knew better. And sure enough, uh, of course, mm-hmm. people, you didn't watch it, and that's why I got canceled. But shut up, I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> people don't understand. Are you a Nielsen family? No. Sick? Do you, no. No. Then it doesn't matter. Your 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 right. your viewership doesn't count. That's right. what people. That's what, I always feel so disingenuous, and I have like a whole thing about this. But like when there's like fan campaigns and like creators are like telling fans, you know, you watch, you can save the show, and I'm like, honestly, what they're what they're saying is, hey, you Nielsen family who is also fans <laughs> of this show, please watch. It's like searching for the needle in the haystack via Twitter. Right. And like, and, and people think like there's a magic beam satellite that like picks up what you're watching. And I'm like, no, there's like a little box and you got to be picked and it records and it's a whole thing. And so I never feel guilty. I'm like, yeah, counting my stuff anyways. Right. <laughs> I'm out later. So yeah, uh, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, it's, people just don't understand. And it's, it's funny. Um, the only shows that got me for the cancellation bear were um, they were one of them was not a network show. I was really in love with the tick on Amazon. Uh, just oh, they canceled that. They did. Um, I absolutely adore that show and Aww. it got canceled. Um, and then AP bio and Abby's on NBC. I think my husband liked AP bio and he was pretty ticked off about that. So here's the thing yeah i streaming sites are getting bad Mm -hmm. they're starting to get as bad as network with their with the just you know they'll do one season and then it doesn't come back right like okay like the tick had two and i just thought season two was so much better than the first one uh but i definitely was like nobody's talking about this like i'm tweeting about it and it's just kind of like shouting into the void old man yells at cloud kind of thing yeah Um, (laughs) so you know i knew i I, the writing was on the wall there Uh, yeah ap bio i should have been gaining steam 
and I thought that it might be popular with, you know, the same crowd that, you know, they wait till the, the, a couple of episodes build up of agents of shield and then watch those. It's a very AP bio is a very delayed viewing type show because it speaks yeah. to a certain generation. And yeah. so I, I was like, you know, there's no way that people are tuning in at nine 30 on a Thursday night to watch this. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess whatever it was just wasn't enough for them. But I mean, the second season was absolutely hysterical. So it was just mm-hmm. really disappointing. Uh, Glenn Howerton feuding with teenagers should be a whole subgenre, in my opinion. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical. Just have it all the time. <laughs> um, well, that, that does remind me, though. I was a little. I didn't know about uh, the Disney side stuff with Marvel. So oh, all yeah. the Marvel Netflix cancellations, like the Daredevil and yeah. um, Punisher, bum me out because I thought Daredevil had a really good season. Yeah. And so, I just, like Punisher. So. I just finished Daredevil season three because I've been way behind on all of those. But the like Did now, you like it? I was like, I'm gonna finish them. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was it was really interesting contrast because it took me forever to force feed myself Luke Cage and Iron Fist season two. Like their second seasons of both those shows, I had to, like, I had to make myself watch, and it was just like, oh, this is annoying. Um, but I didn't Daredevil, watch Iron Fist. I couldn't get enough of the third season of Daredevil. I was like, I have to see what happens. It was so good. Like, I, I have to keep going. So I just I finished know. that. But uh, yeah, I was re- I really enjoyed it. Um, and so now I only have the Punisher left before I catch up. Um, Punisher's good. Jessica Jones is about to drop, so of course I'm gonna still be behind. But um, hey, man, Jessica Jones season two was like watching wallpaper wallpaper dry. I was like, I need something for three <laughs> okay. like, Kilgrave was so good in season one but I know I kind of feel like that's a problem with the Marvel shows their season ones they just I mean they do all the great stuff all the great storylines in season one and when they roll into season two it's they struggle right. I thought Daredevil season two struggled Jessica Jones um, Nick Cage Punisher is probably fair the best but was it as good as season one? No. Yeah. But you know, I love. I'm. I'm a huge Daredevil fan because he's Catholic and I'm Catholic, and I love that he had such a massive crisis of faith, and that they yeah. really uh, played with it all season long. Oh yeah, like, that's fun. And I felt like it's one of the few television shows which actually represents Catholicism positively. Yeah. So, which is a strange avenue to find that on a superhero show. <laughs> but yeah. they did. It was, it's not negative. That yeah, it was, it was very, um, as a person of faith, non-Catholic myself, um, right. I noticed that. I was like, this is really, mm-hmm. it's really kind to people of faith, for one. Mm-hmm. And it recognizes the, the inherent messiness of a believer, and the Christ right. faith that people have. And so just all of that, all of the church right. stuff was really good. And I it just feel really good. Like this it's very fresh in my mind. Um oh, I gotta probably rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um just segue into uh we mentioned a little bit, you mentioned Arrow's final season. Oh of- yeah. So they announced that there's a ten episode season eight final season coming. Um, Emily Bett Rickards is not going to be in it, supposedly. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? 
I'm just, it was an emotional year for me. You know, my thing with uh, television shows that I love is they almost always stay too long at the dance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because the network wants to bleed it dry and make as much money as possible. I still think the CW um, uh, wants more seasons, but, um, you know, right. the show is Stephen Amell. And I knew he's been very, uh, what I like about him is he's very open about his contracts. And I like that stuff. And he, like, he gets on a podcast and he starts mouthing off about stuff. I'm like, are you legally able to talk about this? <laughs> and right. so I, we all knew his season seven contract was up and he was doing the dance in, in the public with Hemin and Han. Am I going to stay? Am I not going to stay? Everyone's freaking out that he's not going to stay. And I'm like, he's staying. Because this is the first year he has negotiating power at the table. I was like, it'd be stupid. This is the time where he can ask for a fairly nice chunk of change, you know? So I really thought he was going to do a full eight. What shocked me later on was that he told them in six, he was going to be done in seven and Greg Berlanti convinced him to do the 10. I've heard um, a little bit differing stories is that he thought contractually he could be done with arrow and just come back for the crossover. There's like a separate contract for the crossover, mm-hmm. but that's not how it works. So he was kind of contractually obligated to do it, but I don't really get that because he was resigning. So right. that part of it, I didn't, I was like, I don't know if that's true or not. So um, it, honest to God, when I heard it was 10 episodes, um, you know, I'm blogging and as you're watching the season um, and how they played out with Oliver Lissy, in retrospect, you're like, oh, yeah, it's completely obvious that Felicity <laughs> is leaving the show. And I actually had, um, I get a lot of hate from uh, other uh, warring fandoms, nonsense. Right. For some reason, they like to send me mean things. I don't <laughs> respond to them. And so they're like, you're so sick of sending vile messages that you're such an idiot. I'm always leaving. I'm like, well, when you call me an idiot, I'm not going to listen to you. But right. it just never occurred to me. For, that she wouldn't sign it's 10 episodes like it's just of course she's doing it like it's 10 it's you right. know I understand when it's like they're doing you know oh we're doing another full season or you know it's another two years I'm like okay then you're getting into dicey um area with the actors so I'm like it's 10 episodes Stephen and David and Emily will do it it just never occurred to me that she wouldn't sign so when she re- she has a very interesting uh speaking manner and so she released a, tw- a tweet it was a poem <laughs> and it was a confusing poem and we're all <laughs> reading it and I'm like calling my friend uh Marilyn Kalistolf and I'm like is this is this reading like how how I'm reading that she's not part of Vader is she just saying goodbye like a second time like is she just emotional today like we could not figure out what the hell was going on and finally like the official announcement came out and I mean I would say it was I was stunned I was just and I was ticked yeah. I was mad <laughs> not happy so you know you can talk to a variety of people fans they all have extremely different perspectives on it um, I don't think they should have gone on without her um, yeah I think you know, Stephen and David and Emily are the show, and you end the show with all of them, and just 
be done. Um, I don't think that, you know, Stephen told Greg Berlanti, hey, I want to be done in seven, then be done in seven. And this whole, it's, it's all seems to be based around this uh, crisis of infinite earth that Greg wants to do on the, right. on the multi. And I'm like, no, I don't care <laughs> enough for like, you know, to sacrifice story on Arrow for that. I'm like, yeah, pass, keep it. Um, and then I got mad at Emily because I was like, this is 10 episodes. Just suck it up and finish the show. I get irritated when actors leave shows. Right. I'm like, just, just particularly when it's so close to the end. I'm like, mm-hmm. just do me a solid, finish it. Then you can go off and do your other stuff. And particularly since it was such a short episode order, I still have a hard time understanding why she peaced out. And a lot of people praised her. I'm like, hey, she just, you know, she's done and she's done. And I get that. But I am, um, I'm not uh, super attached to the actors. I'm invested in Oliver Diggle and Flissy. <laughs> so right. I appreciate that they're all going to go on and do other things, but I guarantee you I will never love anything that they do more than I love <laughs> these originating roles. I'm terrible. Like George Clooney, he's Doug Ross forever. I'm like, listen, you've done some great movies, man, but I kind of like how long you are. And like, the reason why he gets 10 bucks for me this is why I'm Emily and I can be okay. Hopefully uh, he came back and he finished the character. He came back for the series finale. He came back for, yeah. you know, the Carol and Doug love story exit. So if she comes back, even just for the season eight finale, I'll be cool. I'm good. That's fine. Yeah. So that's what I was so, going to ask you is if, if you thought she would. I do. Yeah, I do. I don't think it's bad blood. I think Mark Guggenheim and um, Beth Schwartz, I mean, I talked to Mark. Um, right. They're just heartbroken. They're heartbroken that she was not going to be a part of season eight. And, you know, I, I just, it's not like, oh, screw you, Emily. Like, if they will take her for as many episodes <laughs> as they right. possibly could get her, they'd be insane not to. So, you know, to me, this is why I always just get, oh, God, they release the actors leaving because then they're no longer contractually obligated to show up. And I've been right. so many times with scheduling. The actor can't come back because of scheduling. I can name countless shows where it's just. What I appreciate what Arrow did is we do not need Emily to come back. They gave, um, they put absolutely, if you were going to write a wish list for Oliver and Felicity, particularly even Felicity's most individual storyline, they just, it was like they gave us everything we've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, for seven years, which was wonderful. And then they closed out Oliver and Felicity's love story. They gave them the happy ending. It's off screen, but they're together and spoiler alert. So I was, I was very appreciative of that because I was like, okay, she really doesn't need to come back. If, if the scheduling doesn't work and she, or she doesn't want to, I'm still good story-wise. Right. So I, I take my wins where I find them. <laughs> Say, thank you. <laughs> and, exit gracefully so yeah i i think she will come back Mm -hmm. um but if she doesn't i will be disappointed if she doesn't i think that that is not a smart career move personally i just think you know when it's the show that launched your career come back it's you know give the fans one more you know kind of like taking the final bow absolutely It's, it's, it's appreciation it's an appreciation thing um and and then you can go off and have movies or 
place or whatever. And you know what? You'll probably get money from me going forward if you do that. So <laughs> um, I will continue to support your career. But there's lots of them who don't do that. And I'm like, you know, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Hopefully she will. If she doesn't, I do appreciate that uh, Mark and Beth and the writers kind of protected uh, the story that way. Because a lot of writers don't. They just leave it so freaking open-ended. And so many loose sense and it's mm -hmm. a messy it's they, they can't tie it up and you just get these really unsatisfactory endings on shows that you've invested extreme amounts of time i just want to be able to say goodbye to characters and just close the door yeah. and not have like you know what i mean just give me closure yeah <laughs> and if they can't do that in the final season then i don't want it <laughs> so right. yeah i think um her like the tag where she goes off with the monitor that suggests that she'll come back for the finale and that she's just being coy about it now um, well yeah well I, it, it, it was funny before even her, her final episode aired i was you know we t i talk about all this on the blog and i'm like listen here's how this is gonna go all right we've got maybe i i think filming starts in july so it'll end i think the final episode is going to end in January. So is that six months, seven months? Okay, we've got seven months left at Arrow. I said in every interview for every writer, producer, uh, actor, the number one question will be, is Emily coming back? And I was like, and they will start asking in season eight and they will start asking it now. Right. So, I mean, at upfront, they were asking Pedowitz, is Emily coming back? And people were all upset about his answer because it wasn't like definitive. And Emily was at conventions, and one convention she was like more, oh, you never know. Another interview she's like, you know, Felicity's story's done. Right. And then, you know, Beth saying it's up to Emily, and Emily's like, it's up to Beth. And people are already <laughs> in flux. And I was like, this is how it goes. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. It's, it's, it's literally the week the actor needs to show up to film. Right. You find out they're on set and the contract signed, and it's like you don't get six months' notice on this. You know, I it's just, and if you're even going to find out, sometimes I try to keep it quiet. So I was like, we're not going to know until we know, guys. So right. everyone just take a beat and just, but I think you're right. I think they left it certainly open enough for her to come back. Mm -hmm. So hopefully she will. If not, I'll be bummed, but it's not going to be devastating, which is nice considering I've spent. <laughs> a ridiculous amount of time <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah yeah healthy amount <laughs> well you know and even the uh you know they talk about people trying to figure it out whether she's coming back or not um mine was posed out of genuine curiosity but uh you know really she could even go the route of steve carell and michael scott and just be like no and then show up anyway uh right you know because steve carell's emphatically was like no i'm not coming back for the office finale i'm not doing it and then he did mm -hmm. and so right. and then he's just like yep i lied i'm sorry um <laughs> so well they have to nowadays to just keep surprises you yeah. know it's like what else are they gonna do i mean exactly. you know they point blank ask beth is here you know oh what's you gonna have a baby and she's like no <laughs> <laughs> i'm like lie <laughs> and everybody believed them. I'm like, guys, I have to lie. I mean, at this at this stage of the game with leaks and, and just how uh, fervent fandoms are with getting information, they just have to point blank lie in everybody's now. I just expect it. So, 
Yeah. You know, Emily dodging it, I was like, it didn't upset me at all. I was like, well, first of all, the woman, the questions were, Emily, are you going to be part of season eight? And I was like, you guys, if she wanted to be part of season eight, she would have signed for season eight. Of course, right. she doesn't want to be part of season eight. That's why she left the show. Um, and I said, she literally finished filming like a month ago. Could you give her a hot second to just, you know, exist outside of Arrow? And then maybe she'll think about coming back to Arrow. But they don't. They just immediately want all these interviewers think they're going to get the scoop. I'm like, she's not going to give it to you now. Right. I mean, asking an actor, are you going to come back in, you know, five months? I mean, that's like asking them, what are you doing in 10 years? They live very, <laughs> like, you yeah. know, a gypsy lifestyle. Where it's, so they go from one gig to the next. So I'm like, you know, she can have a movie. She has a play. She has a play now, but everyone thought she was leaving this play, but it finishes filming before Arrow even starts. I'm like, no, she was, she was just done. Yeah. Which is cool. That's fine. She can be done. I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> that irritated me what i thought was uh a miscalculation on well i don't even think it was a miscalculation i think this is completely uh you know i think you know they wanted her back she didn't come back and they dealt with it as best they could but there is a vast amount of fans who are not coming back for eight they're not watching it the show ended at 7 22 and you know even as they're promoting i'm chuckling on my timeline on twitter because <laughs> they're like no the show doesn't there's no what's eight that's not a thing and like it's just there's so much it's like this hilarious snarky bitterness <laughs> yeah. that they're even continuing without her right and, uh, it's pretty funny people are having a good time <laughs> with it. yeah no, like as a serial completist i don't understand that at all uh, just because it's like there's only gonna be ten you. episodes. Like, why can't you finish it? It's not okay. <laughs> I have I to know how it is. So much because you trainer. were tweeting me because I'm like, I'm not out. And you're like, how could you be out? It's only ten. I'm like, I love you so much because you understand this side of me. <laughs> like people were like all over me, Jen. You gotta stop Vampire Diaries. And I'm like, right. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm still emotionally invested in Stefan. I care right. about what happens to him. And I'm like, you know, once you get through season five, you're like, okay, well, do six. Then Nina leaves. You're like, all right, well, you know, I still care. The character I still care about the most is there. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, Arrow, I love you. Because Julie Black did be so dirty in that show. I watched that show just to make sure Stefan was okay. <laughs> and she killed him in the last episode. And it was so funny because I was just like, like complete denial. It was completely obvious it was going to happen. People on Twitter are like, I'm like putting polls up. I'm like, it's not going to be Stefan, right, guys? And like, Jen, it's 100% Stefan. My friend Daddy, she sent me, I'm sorry, Stefan is going to die chocolates the night the episode was going to air. <laughs> she's like, you're not ready for this. It's going to happen. <laughs> and, like, and, you know, everyone's like, you should have been done years ago. And I was like, yes. But I couldn't. I just, when I'm invested in a show, when I fall in love with a show, they have me. It's just, it takes a lot for me to be done. Yeah. a lot for me to be done. You know, I've, I've had, um, it's a constant battle I've had with myself and it's, I'm getting a little off topic Mm -hmm. here, but like, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, people will listen. I'm fine with it. Uh, the conversations with me are completely random. Yeah. It's It's all stuff that I care about too. Um, okay, good. (laughs) So like I stopped watching, very few shows 
but like um i had to pull the plug on like arrested development but you know i don't oh, think people yeah. understand how much i s- still watched like most people i know quit a long time ago and i just like the last half of the fifth season that was just released that's the only part i haven't watched and i'm done like do you quit but like still kind of like keep tabs on it via like entertainment websites and or, like watch clicks on youtube or are you done I I, I don't even know what happened. Um, okay. So like I I just season five made me not care anymore. Um, okay. It was just terrible. And then like Sleepy Hollow. Um, so th- there's like I've got can count on one hand maybe the shows that I've quit in the middle of. Um, that show just like I didn't want, I didn't go there I didn't watch that show but I was like you're you're killing food now like what? And so <laughs> it was really. I didn't even make it that like, far. Some, um, I, oh, I was like, there's some writing truth. I was like, <laughs> are, you, are you trying to drive this into the ground? If so, excellent job. <laughs> but then, then they continued it after that. And that's what baffled me. Like, I was like, okay, wow. you know, you know what? You, Nicole Bahari, you want to kill off Abby? Like, fine. But maybe, like, be done after that? No. Right. Season. Totally new cast except for Ichabod. And I was like, what are you doing? Are you doing? Um, so I haven't seen... So I was basically like, okay, I was like eight or so, eight or so episodes behind, and I basically was like, okay, if they renew it for season four, I'm not watching it anymore, and if they cancel it, I'll finish it. And they're mm-hmm. season four, so I was like, nope, done. Um, done. But those are like, those are legit. The only two that I can like that I've totally crossed off. Um, I'm now that I'm old and I have a family. Um, I'm thinking about dumping a few more and just like cleaning up my life a little, you know, but I don't think well, yeah, you that people don't understand you know? the completest nature. Like they don't understand so that hard. I just watched Iron Fist season two. Like <laughs> you, you don't yeah, get it. Dude. <laughs> That's commitment. I know. I start Iron Fist. I was just reading about it. I'm like, nothing sounds, this does not sound appealing. I'm like, I'm just not going to start because if I start, then I'm I'm probably going to have to watch the rest of it and I don't (laughs) want to. It's like, I don't, I can get in way more, I bail early. Right. Like, Um, it's like, if it doesn't hook me, I'm like, I'm out very quickly. Yeah, Yeah, that's, that's how I've started to have to be. And it's, I'm getting impatient in my elder age. (laughs) Yeah, I will try things out and then get a much shorter leash. You know, I, I still tell people mm. like it takes Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like 10 episodes to really get cooking, but it's really good for a long time after that. But like, mm-hmm. would I watch 10 episodes of it now? No, absolutely not. There's yeah. Absolutely no way that I make it that far. And like, I still think like, there's just certain, yeah, you get fatigued. Show, You're like, I can't. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just, <laughs> so well, I, I'm I good at spotting the it. Writer, if the writer really hurts me, <laughs> like it's like an abusive relationship <laughs> like i remember when they were launching um the original spinoff because i did vampire diaries and i did the originals and julia black and i just did not have a healthy relationship <laughs> and it was like my friend Maddie was like it's like we're trying to get you out of a toxic relationship with a boyfriend and so when they were um announcing the show and it put on the air 
I had people literally tweet me and say, you're not allowed to watch this. You're breaking up with her. <laughs> like, you're not allowed. Like, I don't care if they mention Stefan. I don't care if they mention Caroline. You don't start Jen. I had an intervention. I was a Julie Pleck intervention with my two girlfriends. And they were like, you're not. It's done. You have to stop. She's hurt you <laughs> very badly. My friend, uh, we, had a, we had a deal. She will pretty much watch anything if you agree to watch Lost. So I agreed to watch last night. I was like, you need to watch Vampire Diaries. And she made it to four. And she's like, this is such. And she's like, I don't understand why you kept watching this because, like, they hate you. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like, love yourself a little. I was like, I don't know. Like, they suck you in and they just, like, a black hole that I couldn't get out of. So, yeah. Like, I won't watch any more Shonda Rhimes. Oh, yeah, yeah. TV shows? Yeah, but that's like, her. she's like, that's like misery porn stuff. Like <laughs> I know. I'm just like, she kills everyone. I'm done. I'm out. So Yeah. It's like you really have to hurt me pretty bad. And then I'm just then I kind of break up with the creator and I won't continue any of their products. So but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Arrow's got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't people were like asking, Oh, is Jen gonna watch and like yeah. They were like answering like a portion. <laughs> right. I was like, I know, I'm pathetic. I'm, it's not even a question. So, <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. I think the main difference between me and a lot of other Alyssa fandom members is Alyssa um, is not my favorite character. Right. It's a deep, I, it's, she's not. Oliver is my favorite character. So, as long as my favorite character is sticking around, I'm like, okay, I still care about him. I want to see like what's going on with him. I'm not as interested without Felicity, but you know, like I said, I just got to finish. I've I've written term papers on this show, so I just got to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to. I have to, be. and then I will be free, Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what um, you know. I work in higher education, and like, mm-hmm. it's, it's baffling to me how many people like just can't get over the hump and finish their degrees. And oh, I so know. Like, so I like, like era, the opposite. Like, I, yeah. Even if you're, if you see the light at the end of the tunnel, why can't you just run toward it? Like, I, I don't understand. Particularly, um, it's such a short tunnel. Yeah. They're not asking a full season out of me. Exactly. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I just don't like how people yeah. okay, are a little curious. Um, well, you know what's funny. Uh, I've been told because I keep doing I've got a podcast for Arrow uh, we're gonna keep doing the podcast essentially I'm watching for everyone else they are curious it's like they don't want to give them the satisfaction of tuning in for their curiosity right. so it's like they're gonna get the info from me from my reviews and the podcast and it's like they can stay you know kind of informed and mm-hmm. then when Emily comes back if she comes back then we'll tune in then that's how a lot of um i think i particularly i think on my blog followers are like this is what i want to do so essentially i'm taking one for the team that sounds fair I'm like i can do that i was like i can do that they've given <laughs> a lot to me they've been very supportive i'm like it's cool guys i got you it's fine i'm gonna be there anyways so it'll be like me and three people on twitter live tweeting doesn't care but the ratings are going to, I mean, they were tanking after Emily said that she was going to leave. <laughs> like, they're just going to be crater. Yeah. It's going to be crater in eight. It's going to be bad. 
can be yeah. bad. Well, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, judging by the radical shift in programming, the CW is going to have to come up with some new stuff anyway. Um, you know, they just don't want to drop this superhero stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, I, they're definitely not ready for it. They're worried that people are just going to tune them, turn them off completely. I think, um, because did you hear the development deal they gave Berlanti the how much money they paid him to keep him on the network? No, a lot of money. Cause I think Netflix was courting him. They wanted to, you know, he's the network. So, it, you know, if they lost him to Netflix, like, you know, ABC lost Shonda Rhimes. They right. weren't going to let that happen. They paid him an astronomical amount of money. Wow. It was oh, ridiculous. I'm not totally shocked, but like, all no. most of my favorite CW shows are ending. You know, I've, I've got a, after, you know, the 2019, 2020 TV season, I will have a significantly lessened interest in things on the CW because Agreed. iZombie is ending. Um, mm. Arrow is ending and Supernatural is ending. And just that was that. like the apocalypse for me. That Supernatural. I don't watch Supernatural. People have asked me to watch Supernatural. I'm like, listen, it's 15 years. It's, I can't. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I can't go. I like maybe when I'm, maybe like when my daughter goes to college and I'm yeah. Yeah, totally. in a dark, dark spiral. <laughs> I'll do 15 years of Supernatural then. But yeah, I was just amazed that they were done. I was like, I thought they were going to go 20 years. I really did. It's a sweet gig for them. Why wouldn't they? But I, yeah. I like it when they end on like round numbers. I'm like, yeah, 15 is a good number. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, I suspected when Andrew Dabb had said that they, they had stories to take them through season 15. And I was like, oh, uh, I bet they're done after that. Red flag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're just going to hold that, put the flag farther than anybody can reach it for a long time and that'll have to be good enough right pretty much <laughs> it's just you know all of a sudden the hundreds already been renewed for season seven but like all of a sudden my interest in superheroes is cut in half and my yeah. uh the other shows are gone too so i'm i i really i'm kind of like i don't know what i'm gonna do because i haven't added that many new shows over the last year or so um, I used to watch all the superhero shows on the CW and I am done pretty much with all of them. I have not decided on legends. I've got legends built up on the DVR. So that's summer viewing. I like legends. It's not my typical, I'm much more of a drama girl, so it's, it's much more humorous, but I still, <laughs> I mean, it's still, it's, they, I love that legends is just like, we are what we are and they have fun, you know? I love legends um, so much. But yeah, I had to break up with the flash big time that's and fair. then i did yeah are you feeling me on this i have yeah. a lot of issues with barry ellis we could do a whole other podcast <laughs> <laughs> and then i was watching the girl with my daughter and she just kind of grew out of it she went into harry potter and yeah. i was like well i'm gonna keep watching this <laughs> i haven't watched yeah. any of supergirl this year um and it was just like i just thought I originally had recorded it with intent to watch it. And then I was mm -hmm. like, it's, uh, I've always thought it was kind of preachy. And a couple people told me that it yeah. got worse in season four. Yeah. And I was just like, that's the worst part about it. So I stopped watching it. Uh, well, I, I started watching it with my daughter when she was on, when it was on CBS. It was much more family friendly mm -hmm. on CBS. Yeah. And then, then they shifted to the CW became, a CW show and there was a lot of stuff on there 
where I was pausing because I was stupid. I didn't pre screen it. Right. And she was like, what? And I'm like, you know, she was like seven, eight. So I was like, okay. So I had to start pre-watching it. So now we're into two hours for Supergirl. I'm like, you know. And then they did some stuff that I was like, this is just not age appropriate for her anymore. It's just not. It's just I'm not comfortable with her watching this. And then she kind of lost interest. And I was like, I think we're just we're going to be done. She's like, okay. So then it's the breaks. So yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, I, I, they were pretty preachy. Yeah, I feel that, and I, I just, um, I'm not opposed to politics in in shows but it's just like execute better you know it's you like, a little more subtle like right. the hammer is a lot well like it's <laughs> I like get the, it. It, you don't like trump <laughs> it's you like the, uh, it was just <laughs> the gun control episode of arrow but like a whole season uh, of like oh my god uh and that that was an awful episode it's like i it mean so much pain in five like <laughs> I would say 16 through 23 was the best run of dramatic, just tension filled, um, great bad guy. But we had to wait and wait through a mundiferous amount of crap to get to (laughs) that run. And I do remember I'm very patient and I, I, I did, I did email Mark Guggenheim at some point in five and it was after the gun episode. And I'm like, it was like, I sent him like 20 questions. Cause I was like, it was basically, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. I was like, you just have to hang in. And I'm like, it's, it's good. You know, that's the other thing that people think that because I have a friendly relationship with him, I just tell him what he wants to hear all the time. And I don't. <laughs> Right. So I have very frank conversations with him. Like, this is not good. I'm polite about it, but I'm like, no. Yeah, um, yeah there was that gun episode. We did some rounds. <laughs> you know, because he is he's one of those creators who stands by what he writes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I'm like, that's fine. And he can, you know, we, we've had some very stupid debates about some of the writing choices on Arrow. And uh, that episode was particularly one of them where I was like, this was just my particular favorite part was when Oliver and Renee come up with a super secret plan to solve gun control problems that works for everybody. <laughs> you don't get to know it. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, you got an idea, Arrow. Put it on the table. I'll take it to my congressman. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nope, it's a secret. Reminded me of that West Wing episode where Josh, Josh does, the, does the briefing. <laughs> It ends up with the president oh, yeah. has a secret secret plan to solve inflation. <laughs> oh man, that's great. It's like the judge lining the gun control episode. <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah. So that's a long story, but that's why I stopped watching Supergirl. Um, I feel yeah. So just a little bit before we, uh, you know, finally move on. Um, yes. Just uh, <laughs> just want to get some thoughts on uh where you think how you think season seven of arrow wrapped up outside of uh, felicity and where you think they're gonna go in season eight um i gotta be honest i'm pretty disappointed with diggle's uh arc in seven i've been disappointed with diggle they just don't give david ramsey the screen time Agreed. in the story i wait i wait for diggle stories every year and i'm always just 
disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one thing I'm actually very much looking forward to. I'm really hoping that they turn up the 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 notch. This is the last chance to give Diggle a good storyline. Um, right. So I think they've laid the groundwork with it um, with Connor Hawk, and I love loved loved the flash forwards. I'm in love with the flash forward kids. I love Mia Smoke. I love Connor Hawk. I love um, William. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) I spare my children. I was actually enjoying parts of, like, the flash forwards were so depressing in the beginning. You're like, this is like a dystopian nightmare. Super fun. I'm glad that Oliver, you know, sacrifices everything and everything is still gone to hell. And I'm like, no, he's becoming superhero Jesus and superhero Jesus is around, so of course the city goes to hell. Um, <laughs> and I loved that they kept the Mia Smoke surprise a surprise because you're watching it and you're like, she's their daughter. Right. Literally nothing else makes sense. But then they would like do stuff, you're like, wait, is she their daughter? <laughs> if she's not their daughter, I don't, I don't understand why I care. I really don't care. Um, so they, that reveal, it was just, they rarely can surprise me because I just, Arrow's one of those shows that, like, uh, is not subtle. <laughs> right. So it's like, you know, but that was the one where they finally confirmed that I was just screaming. So it was, and I am, Shadowhunters was like my guilty pleasure, and I am just a huge Cat McNamara fan. So when they cast her, and I didn't even know who she was playing, I was screaming. And so the fact that they casted her as Oliver Posey's daughter, I was like, perfect dream casting. And she's just, she was just the perfect combination. So that whole part of the story, once they turn the tide and you find out who she was, that I thought was one of the strongest parts of season seven. Mm-hmm. Not great on the whole Dinah Renee side yeah. of stuff. Yeah. They've just never recovered those characters from the Civil War in season seven. It was like, yeah. I don't know. It was just, I've never understood that storyline. I was like, it sounded awesome because he previewed for it for me at SCCC in our interview. And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty great. But when I, when you see it on screen, you're like, they are just like, it's like character assassination. It's like the, they've just made the newbies completely unlikable. Mm-hmm. And I just, they just never gave them the repair time. And I think particularly with Dinah, they had to sell this whole, Felicity is dead and so an evil <laughs> storyline. And Dinah is essentially the one pushing that. So, you know, I don't think the fans are going to align with Felicity and believe in Felicity. So it just makes Dinah unlikable that she's like, well, you know, she's mm-hmm. gone and, you know, she's not savable. And, you know, so it was just uh, the, 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 their characters in the flash forwards and in present day, I was just like, it's not working for me. And then the whole Amico queen thing with the villains. Um, not one of their strongest villain years. It could have been so awesome. The whole time I was seeing this whole evil sister thing, I always really wanted them to do Eva, evil Fia. And I just kept oh, thinking, yeah. God, if Willa Holland had stuck around and they had done this with her, it would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. So you can typically sell me on anything. If they're going to tie it back to Robert Queen, I'm, I'm like, cool, awesome. <laughs> but it was just, I, I understand what they were trying to do for the final season is they, you know, um, this is the problem with them going past five. They did such an excellent job of five of rounding it back to Oliver's um, father. Right. That they tried to do it again in seven, and I, it was just not as good. 
I was like, you guys kind of closed that book. And um, so, you know, I, I was like, oh, this should be awesome. But it's just the actress kind of fell flat for me. And so seasons haven't had a lot. You know, here's the thing with Arrow. It's wildly problematic every year. Mm-hmm. Like every year, you know, there's just stuff that I'm like, it is such an imperfect show. And yet I love it. (laughs) You know, so I can very much recognize the flaws and the things that I don't like. But I, you know, I do think they really did a great job with Oliver's character this year. I loved the prison storyline. Yeah, I loved it. I was very nervous about it. Were you nervous about it? Yeah, a little bit. Um, Because it's like, okay, get out after two episodes and then they tread water again for a little while. Um, right. That's I was like, oh, we're not doing 20 years, you know, right. Hilarious given how this, <laughs> how this season ended. But right. yeah, I was, I really thought Stephen Amell did a great job and they made it interesting. So like you're, you're essentially, what I liked about it, it was like, Oh fun. We're going back to the Island. But it's not Leon, you, you know? Right. So I like I like it when shows continually revisit themes. I, I, I like that, um, and I like that he kept it together. You know, my yeah. thing with Oliver and character growth, it's like it's painstaking. Mm-hmm. He's he's a massively big, huge, stupid pine tree. So it's like waiting <laughs> for him to get stuff. Yeah, a lot of time in the hammock. <laughs> so I was like, I need you to start learning the lessons. <laughs> and remembering what you learned, Oliver. I needed to start happening. So I feel like Simon, he finally did it. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> so uh what else? I think that's about it. That kind of covers everything in seven. Awesome. Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, that first of all, Stephen Amell has come so far just as an actor. Like Isn't he wonderful? He kind of seems like a block of wood just a little bit. Um, but he did that on purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 the I think, Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it was a poor character choice at all. Uh, right. And when people say he can't, but act, it's hard like, to connect okay. with Oliver in season one. He's not very yeah, likable. Yeah. He's a jerk. And when people say he can't act, I say go watch his new girl episode and then tell me he can't act. Um, oh, he's a wonderful <laughs> actor. I know. I really do. Um, really good. So he just he's just got that they wanted him brooding and he he did what they asked. Um but he's also I just think he's gotten better over the seven years. Mm-hmm. He's a better Yeah, he's actor better now. at finding the nuance. You yeah. Know? Um and he's uh he's come so far and I've really just I've enjoyed overall I've enjoyed the show just because I like superheroes and I like that kind of you know the defeating the bad guys and, and saving the city kind of stories. And I always have. Same. Um, yep. And then, you know, I've, I've met some actors from the show, you know, um, I didn't get to do the Comic-Con interviews, but I did. Uh, I've met Steven and uh, David Ramsey. And um, I feel like there's someone else on that list, but I can't think of it right now. Um, mm-hmm. Blackthorn. I met Paul Blackthorn. Just that was at Comic Con, like in the hallway. Um, Isn't he delightful? <laughs> yeah, and so the British accent always throws me off, <laughs> but it—he's just delightful. Yeah, I, I wrote I wrote a tweet about him one time because they were like, "What's your most men- mundane celebrity encounter?" And I was like, Paul Blackthorn <laughs> was on his way to the bathroom and he bumped into me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sorry. Amazing. Uh, yeah. 
and and so I talked to him for just a just a second and told him I was a big fan, uh, but he had to pee, so he had, he left. Um, <laughs> but I, I've it's gotten long enough. I, I've enjoyed enough of it to to where it has the leash for me for season eight, and um, you know the crossovers have generally been good. So I'm I'm hopeful that that uh, they end with a bang and they give. Oliver and Steven what they deserve. Uh, I tell you, I got to be honest. That is the only thing keeping me um, invested in any way in this crisis on Infinite Earths. I had a real hard time with last season seven crossover because it was basically, it felt like um, the crossover writers had not watched Arrow at all right. and it was like we are regressing oliver's character right to things that he's already dealt with and like all the other superheroes were just raging on him mm-hmm. and i kind of felt the whole barry oliver body swap thing they really uh uh explored that territory and how they're different superheroes in the first crossover like this right. is really not it was super it was funny at points but once you got to the last episode it was just so insulting to Oliver Queen I was just getting irate and very protective of him and you know I know why they're doing it because right. he's going to be the big hero and he's right. going to sacrifice everything and they're going to realize that he's the best of them all like it's like they they wanted to just again this is not subtle writing and it's like they want to everyone to look horrible for treating him horribly mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah, but it, it's so hard. It was so hard to listen to. It was really hard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, my, my favorite part of the crossover was actually the Supergirl stuff, just because they jumped to her Earth and they played the Smallville theme, and I just really, really dug that. Um, <laughs> I'm a because you watch Smallville, right? I yeah, I, well, I've seen every episode of Smallville. Okay, that was a big moment for me. Um, but you're right. I was like, this, it doesn't seem like they're giving Oliver enough credit here. Uh, right. And so like, like maybe that, that kind of crossover really would have made more sense and like, hey, but you know, they've done it almost every crossover in some way. Right. Um, but I have a real hard time, uh, with the black and white line, uh, that they draw on the flash in terms of morality with Barry versus Oliver. Right. Very hard time with it. So the Flash writers, I personally feel like to get up on their soapbox about Barry and mm-hmm. his character doesn't match up to what they're saying and the things that they say about Oliver doesn't match up. I just fundamentally disagree with it. So right. it's like, and they have a habit on that show of dragging him. I'm like, this doesn't, like if you're cross, if you are trying to ask fans of other shows, because what they want everyone to do is watch all the shows, mm-hmm. you know? Like, if you're asking fans who are Big Arrow fans, hey, we want you to watch Flash 2. You know what's a great way to not get them to watch is insult their, <laughs> their, their fame constantly. Like, why would we? If, the, if, if Arrow is constantly insulting Barry Allen, would Flash fans want to watch Arrow? No. Exactly. So I just, from a, from a, from a, just from a marketing perspective, I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> right. Stop doing this. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, my thing with the crisis and infinite earth, I'm not super invested other than I just want Oliver to get the credit he deserves. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm hoping that crisis on infinite earth is a little more like crisis on earth X than everybody than everything else. Um, just because that, I think that was by far their best one. 
You but, mean the Elicity movie? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it. Yeah, yeah, that was by far the best. I it was a it was a movie. It was wonderful. It was just I was like, I'm good with crossovers forever. We could stop here. It was really phenomenal. Yeah. I think it almost killed them making mm-hmm. it. I really do. I think yeah. they almost all died. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was that was I agree with you. That was their high point. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got high hopes and I just that they've done well before and the mm-hmm. crisis versus crisis like that gives me hope. Um, yeah. But I share most of your sentiments and, I, and I'm uh, just kind of excited to see what they do with it. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm curious and I'm mad that I, it's not like I'm dreading eight. Right. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still in. I'm invested. I'm curious. I mean, no idea how they're gonna work with all versus the monitor. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. what? what? And like, I, like, they're just gonna be like hold down, like Star City. Like, I don't understand how this show's gonna function. So that part of it, I'm very curious about. Right. <laughs> like, you see, like the Amazing Adventures of Oliver Queen, like going from universe to universe. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the fact that I don't know what's coming next, and I rarely not know <laughs> you right. know i can get broad strokes of arrow pretty good um so that part's fun like oh i really i don't really understand how this is gonna work so yeah. hopefully it doesn't suck <laughs> where uh, I'm coming from. <laughs> the only like interesting prediction kind of thing that i have is that um i'd be interested to think like uh once you once you catch up on legends i'd be interested to know what you think because there's this brief uh cameo by the monitor and oh. So um, that is just like, I think it's a little hint. And then um, you stop watching The Flash. So spoiler alert, uh, the newspaper that's been saying Flash disappears in 2024 uh, has moved up to 2019. So I do kind of keep tabs on Flash because I get so many questions on Barry Allen. Um, So I did know that. And I know that the stuff with their daughter ultimately jacked up the timeline yeah so which of course <laughs> somebody on the flash jacking with the timeline that screws everything up i'm like uh, of course yeah. so, <laughs> and then i think the monitor did a little guest thing on supergirl too yeah it was like I, a little clip and i wouldn't know um yeah but i think that uh if i have some crazy predictions about the crossover i was like the monitor's definitely uh not bound by time and space so in theory he could drop oliver right back off to take care of some problems before they go and do the crisis thing um and then i think that maybe somebody from arrow ends up on the wave rider um again that's i was like what are you gonna do with your Renee's and your and your Dinah's and uh, some of these other characters and I, or maybe somebody from the yeah. Team. And if they're not doing yeah, it's uh, all shut down in present day. They're not yeah. arrowing. I mean, I guess they kind of are. Like the team is gonna like keep an eye on the city, but it's like oh, right. the city's safe now. I love that. Like we've been building towards Oliver saving the city, and really, <laughs> it was just like them deciding the city was safe. <laughs> there was really nothing that they did other than the Star City Police Department being like, okay, Oliver's really a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like yeah. it was so anticlimactic. I was like, 
like what exactly was different about Oliver staying in the city this time versus season four or two? Right. Nothing. Yeah, I, no. <laughs> so. <okay. laughs> but Oliver's like, same thing. I'm going to go have my baby. See you guys. <laughs> like, yep. All right. That's fine. <laughs> I it up in a neat little bow and then left. Um, and left. <laughs> like, that's amazing. Yeah, so I've, well, I've what got I high hopes. About, what, I, what I will say, what, what it cracked me up about that whole thing was, because they were all, all year long, they're like, they're going to kill Felicity. I'm like, they have literally built this 20-year thing to avoid killing Felicity's folks. I was like, they would rather chop their hands off than kill her. Right. They basically dump her in a cabin uh-huh. and just, like, cool her heels for 20 years. Like, don't have to kill her. Okay. <laughs> yep. You know, I'm like, well, it's smart. They shouldn't kill her, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't have to do any more of the Oliver is dead thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. in eight, that's I'm kind of hoping that's all done. Yeah. I don't think he's really dead either. Like the gravestone that says 2019, like boohoo, but uh, it's just. I think uh, he's like in because I'm rocking my Catholicism. I think he's like he's like in some like like middle zone, like where right. he's. He's of the world, but not. And I've chosen to believe it's not purgatory. I just chosen to believe that it looks like Aruba. <laughs> uh, and that, saying that he's dead would be but a good way to disappearance too. Yeah. Right. Um, so. Anyway. So um, <laughs> that's been kind of long, uh, but that's, that's fine. Yeah. There's plenty of, somebody's got a two hour long car trip. This will be the perfect length podcast to listen to. Um, <laughs> there's no way to not do two hours with me, Nick. I probably should have prepped no, you with this. That's okay. <laughs> um, it'll be the longest episode of Nick's Infinite Playlist, but in a good way. Uh, and it's okay, good. <laughs> you know, it would be if it was two hours of awkward silence, that would be one thing. But we keep talking, and that's great. We keep um, talking. That's good. So next up, we always do a segment called Nick's Infinite or er, Infinite Playlist, a way for us to tell the world what we're consuming, why, and how to get in on it. So, very simple question: What are you loving right now? Good girls, everyone watch it. Love yourself. <laughs> um, it is the best, one of the best female led casts I've ever seen. The female characters are the lead characters. The men are very supporting. Um, yeah. Each female character is really different. It's funny, but it is basically the female version of Breaking Bad. That's my <laughs> that's my pitch. It really is. Every episode, you're like. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know how they're going to fix this. This is not fixable. Right. And it's just one disaster after another. And then it's really the main character is the Walter White. It's the story of the development of the anti-hero yeah. kind of part. So it's very, from a morality, it's, the, problem, the reason why they've been having a trouble with it is NBC's been selling it as a comedy. It's yeah. not. I mean, it's funny. It has comedic moments, but it's right. much more dark comedy drama. So, yeah, so I've actually seen the first few episodes and like, um, it's not one that I've given up on just one that I fell behind on. Um, but I thought the first three episodes were really good, but it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't the right tone. And so like the way that they're marketing, it was wrong. Mm -hmm. So season one slower. Yeah. Um, it's slower. It, They're finding their feet. It seems like they've got a really good cast. Um, I really liked what I saw. I also am a big fan. I mean, the female cast, I, when I 
saw who it was, I was like, okay, great. Yeah. I want to watch this. And then, yeah. um, you know, there's, st- uh, there was cricket from it's always sunny in Philadelphia was in the beginning. And, um, Matthew Lillard. I'm a big fan of Matthew Lillard. I know Matthew Lillard is my teenage years. <laughs> the, uh, the child in me will always love this live action Scooby-Doo movies. Like they're some of my favorites. <laughs> oh, you're the first <laughs> I ever owned was the live action Scooby-Doo. And just, I just, I still like quote it all the time. Um, so, you know, every time I think I, think I have like almost a decade on you in age, well, I was, um, I was a teenager when they came out. Okay. Um, okay. So I, like, I, I said childhood, but it's because I grew up on Scooby-Doo and it was like true. a culmination. Um, I'm, I'm, they did a good job. I never watched them, but from the looks of it, I was like, it looks like everybody nailed the, the characters. Yeah. I thought know? they were great. Um, and so there's some like, there's some like, uh, in the second one, there's even some social commentary that I like, I still use, hmm. um, cause there's really? where, where, uh, this reporter's just like trying to make mystery ink look bad and, you know, Fred's onto them and he says, I'm not going to say anything because you're just going to twist my word to make it look like I think Coolsville sucks. And then, and then he's like, no, wait. And then, uh, on the news, she just said, Freddie had this to say, I think Coolsville sucks. And oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's the news media in a nutshell. 100%. That's another podcast. Uh, <laughs> so <Yeah>. anyway, <laughs> all that's to say that I really 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 love Matthew Lillard and so that's another one of those reasons that I it's still he plays not a likable person though. Well, but he does it. Like, His yeah. charm makes you hate him, but it's like <laughs> it's like it, he it, he's really one of these good characters that's really good at playing kind of unlikable characters in a lot of ways but he doesn't like it's not like he's annoying and I want him to go away it's a really interesting dynamic I think between his character and Christina Hendricks yeah so Uh, and I think he's really good I think he does really good I mean I mean I've I liked him as Shaggy and Scooby-Doo but like I've seen mm -hmm. it Descendants he was really good um Mm -hmm. do really good dramatic work Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say this year they allowed it's much more dramatic. Yeah. They kind of were just like, you know what, we're going to be who we are and it got much darker. Um and you know, each character is dealing with monumentally big problems. <laughs> so, it it really I love my favorites though are Ruby and Stan. Like that to me is kind of like the emotional, they're like the anchor couple. It's like, yeah. they're the steady, but this year they really put Ruby and Stan through their paces too. And you're just like, I'm terrified for them. So yeah, I love that each character is so different and that they complement each other so well. So it's really, and then bizarrely, they have me liking a murdering drug dealer. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you're really, like, questioning your morality at the end of it. Like, am I actively wishing for her to get with the drug dealer versus, like, but, yeah, I like him better than the cheating husband. (laughs) That is, like, Breaking Bad. It is. And you don't root for the police. Yeah. Exactly. You don't root for the police. It's a little bit like the Americans, too, where you're like, I kind of want Russia to win. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's like, I would say after Arrow, it's like my second favorite show right now. (laughs) So um, if somebody was going to get in on Good Girls, how would they do that? You know? I think you can, I know it's on a streaming site. I think it's on Netflix. It's either Netflix or Hulu. Let's see what. um, You can Google it probably. Listeners, but I'm not going to uh try to mute myself during this <laughs> so, um i find it find that googling whatever you have questions about and decider will tell you um oh. so it actually says netflix and hulu yeah um, so you should be able to get season two netflix you'd have to wait but they probably released it but yeah yeah, you can so I, bet, it. I bet there's uh, i bet it's all out there between netflix and hulu yeah, and then it airs on NBC. Yes. And I, the reason why I'm telling people to watch it, because I'm not mean, it's already renewed for season three. So it's like, yeah, you can get invested. I would not tell you. I don't like telling people to watch bubble shows. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's, uh, you just got to, you, you, you can say. And then I'll let you know, right. <laughs> you can say it's really good, but also watch out, it's on the bubble. And so then right, right. they get invested, right? Exactly. It's like, yeah, I don't think you really need to watch Timeless yet. <laughs> not looking good. So. Yeah. So um, Jen recommends Good Girls. It's on Netflix and Hulu, yep. apparently, according to Decider. Um, so you should watch it, and I should watch it too. And maybe when I have some free time, you I need will. to binge it, Nick, and in between the babies and like yeah. life. Well, so I've had time to catch up on the the Marvel Netflix shows, like I said earlier, and so I'm I'm kind of I've got several shows saved on like my TV app because I'm not really willing to admit that I've given up on them yet, and so yes. I'm mowing through some of the ones with with a shorter amount of episodes. So and it does have a shorter amount of episodes. It's I think up it's there like because I haven't admitted like I've not admitted defeat on that yet. Yeah, um, you just gotta like hang in there a little bit. It's kind of like Buffy. Yeah, yeah, like Buffy season one, not great. You got to watch season one to get to two. <laughs> I would say Good Girl season one is far better than Buffy season one, but it's the, the payoff is coming. So, uh, you know, take that recommendation to heart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so finally, um, every time I do a podcast, I do a special rotating segment. And so we're doing different things like exploring the career works of an artist. Um, we're doing, uh, I heart the nineties, exploring nineties things. This is a first, um, oh yeah, we're doing baseball movies. Cause I want to watch every baseball movie ever made. Um, oh really? Oh, I'll yeah. get a list for you. I'm a huge inspirational sports film fanatic. So, um, I, I'm doing a lot of different recurring segments and just kind of catering to the interests of other people. But this is the first time that I've done this one. So this segment is called Let's Laugh Together, and it's an exploration of comedies. And so sitcoms or comedy movies or comedy specials. Um, I actually invented this category for my brother, who's a stand-up comedian and loves comedy specials. Oh, and we ended up talking sweet. about Seinfeld and Superstore instead. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's laugh together. The first thing that we wanted to talk about in let's laugh together is single parents. 
the ABC sitcom that was just renewed for second season. Um, thank Yay! Uh, we can't recommend it in good conscience unless it no. was. It, it was. I wasn't sure. It was. It was dicey. Oh, that was one of the ones I was a little worried about. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones where I was just like, okay, I flipped the coin and it, it and I called it in the air and it landed the way I wanted it. <laughs> I was just Excellent. not sure at all that it would get renewed, but it did, and I'm so. The universe excited. loves us. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, and I think that ABC recognizes because it's such a good cast; they just can't let it go. It is a good um, cast. You know that you've got Taron Killam, you got Brad Garrett, you got Leighton Meester. Um, and mm-hmm. really everybody else is good too, but th- those three just kind of carry the rest. They of carry it. it. Um, mm-hmm. So my favorite, I think, is Douglas. Uh, he's just that curmudgeonly, like, um, but you know, he still loves everybody. He just doesn't act like it. And yeah, I think what really solidified, I got hooked on this show faster than I got hooked on a lot of other shows. Um, and what solidified it for me was when he and um, Will sang the Moana song in the pilot. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, "What? How often do you get to see Brad Garrett and Taryn Killam sing Moana to a phone?" Never. <laughs> so um, it hooked me, and it's just the characters have got such good, uh, genuine, like non-toxic relationships, um, and it's very much indic- it's. Uh, Created by Liz Merriweather, the same creator of New Girl. And it very much reminds oh. me of New Girl in the way that... I did not know that. It does. Um, just in the way that the characters interact. And it's it's um, can be a little codependent, but not negative. Um, so... Yeah, it's like a single mother, though. So I'm like, you need... It, it's, it's trite, but you need help. It's, it's a lot to do it on your own being a single parent so absolutely uh and i think that's so it's arguably even more healthy than some of the relationships on new girl um yeah just nick and and nick and schmidt just were a little codependent for a while um oh so much (laughs) (laughs) but i really like the way that they interact with each other and it's it's really i see it as just like new girl with kids um and the, and the kids, the kids are funny too. Yeah, the kids are hysterical. Discounted because they're all the young actors on the show are fantastic. Are just amazing. I'm like, oh, I don't know. They all have really good. I think comedic timing is just. It's honestly, mm-hmm. it, I think it can be harder than dramatic work sometimes. And all of those kids just they just nail these lines. I'm just I'm well. I'm not typically a comedy fan. Right. This is outside my wheelhouse. I have very few comedies that I watch and I my husband loves them and he watches all of them and so you know I'll do other stuff as he's watching the show and I'll be I was listening to it and I was laughing and he finally he turned to me I was like the fifth episode he's like okay you keep laughing at this put the computer down stop blocking and watch this (laughs) (laughs) so it won me over slowly but surely yeah so I, I kind of was drawn in by the creator of New Girl and the cast, um, but it's just gone so far beyond that. Like even the kids that I hadn't heard of before are are really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just everything that they've done, and there's enough of a there's more than one will they won't they, which is very reminiscent of New Girl too. In the yes, Nick and Jess and Schmidt and Cece. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a. Oh, I can't remember any of their names now, but, uh, I know I forget their names too, but it's <laughs> Leighton Meester and right. 
Angie and Will. Yeah. Yeah, Will. I'm getting invested, man. I was yeah. like, oh, are they going to – if you want to sell me on the show, give me a good Will Day, won't they? Yeah, and, and they – I think that that's where they're going with that for sure. There's definitely yeah. romantic feelings between those two and uh, Douglas and Poppy too, you know, just right off the mm-hmm. bat, we've got romantic yeah. feelings here. Um, and I think that's great. I think that they're not shying away from it and it, it doesn't feel forced. Um, it feels really natural. Yeah. And well, there's a big group of them. And there's enough of them not having like romantic feelings that it doesn't feel trite. You know, it's like, it's not like, everyone's dating one another you know it really it is and they're developing their feelings based out of friendships and i love love stories that start that begin like that so yeah and then they've got miggy who's you know the they still like explore his dating life and stuff but it's just different um right and he kind of grounds everybody in a good way and they don't they don't spend too much time uh on the will they won't they or the romantic relationships either they mix and match the characters almost every episode uh so it's i really good pacing. yeah i think it's really well executed and it's well suited to the comedy format and i just feel like it's you know it's new girl with kids but that was just a hangout show so there's really a lot they can do with it and they don't have to push it too hard too fast they don't have to oh we need to have him in the batman suit at the end of season seven um, right. That, oh, that's a whole other. Oh. Don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> Did you watch Gotham? I didn't know you watched Gotham. I I wrote about Gotham for two and a half years. Yeah. I feel like I did not know that. I missed so, that one. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I was, no, that's okay. <laughs> I was in the press room for them the second year I was at Comic Con. Um, very nice cast, and that show had a lot of potential, but it was just kind of um, the final season was a bit of a mess, just because it was like they had to force fitted into the batman thing um yeah i just watched i'm like one of those i think i watched the first season it got too dark for me like i love batman i love batman but i just was like this is getting too screwy (laughs) just another little side tangent but uh in seasons two and three and parts of four i think is really great because it just kind of goes like balls to the wall and just like we recognize that this is insane and we're just gonna do it anyway and i thought that was awesome like do more of that yeah i have a hard time with pure insanity on shows i'm always a little like if it gets too crazy i'm a little like i think i'm gonna be done (laughs) there's a lot they did well but it didn't end well there were scary ones it was getting too scary i was like no Can you see why I watch a lot of CW shows? This explains yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think that's, it's right in your sweet spot there. Exactly, uh, it's like middle but road. So is single parents, uh, and yes. I'm, just, I'm just over the moon. Like I, it's hard for me to get into a new, sh- new show too because, like we said earlier, like mm-hmm. I, it's really easy for me to see the writing on the wall. I just be like, uh, mm-hmm. is it worth it? Nope. And so yep. single parents, I like, I took a risk and I got invested, and it was totally worth it. Yeah, like I'm still, I got to catch up because I haven't watched all of them yet. But um, yeah, like now I'm like, okay, there's season two. So like I feel more confident about catching up. You know, it's like, do I, I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. So I was very happy it got renewed. I also love that they had Leighton Easter's husband. OC. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Yeah, he played 
the husband, uh, the father of her son. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, that's good casting. That's fun. <laughs> I like it when they do like that. I'm like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah, and then like uh, Vanessa Bayer was Taryn Killam's ex. I don't know if you've gotten that far. Yep. Yet. But, uh, no. <laughs> I, that, I was just I'm like, that's, that's some fun <laughs> SNL stunt casting. Um, so maybe, maybe they'll get to. Those are good stunt casting moments. You know, one of them is right or weird. You yeah. Know? And with three actors as well known as they are, there's a lot you can do with that. Yeah. You know, you could get half the cast of Everybody Loves Raymond. You could get half right. the cast of SNL from the mid 2010s. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, you get Kobe Smulders. There's a lot you could do with yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, she's going to have her own show on ABC this fall. So, uh, I think there's. Are probably, you going to watch that? Um, I actually, like, I'm. I've already decided yes. <laughs> because okay, you're I in. I saw the preview. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't know. But I, I thought the preview could that. have been a little stronger. Yeah, the Kobe Smolders part, and then they added Jake Johnson. Yes, I'm it. Like, you're going to have to. They added Jake Johnson? Yeah. I did not know that. It's like her okay. ex-boyfriend I'm watching. Yeah. Oh, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I think you're just going to, I mean, it's going to have to be really bad for me to stop. Uh, yeah, that's a hard combo. But although uh, I'm not, I was not the biggest Robin fan. Like she was my fave, How I Met Your Mother, but I, I like her. I don't. I wasn't the biggest Robin fan as a character, but I have to admit that Kobe Smulders is just really good. She's she's just a good actress. Uh, that's like one of my few. And yeah, it's like one of my few annoyances with the Avengers is they don't give her a big enough role. Right. I, I totally agree. She's fantastic. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I think that about right, wraps it up. Uh, for I this think we've talked their ears off. <laughs> Are they still listening? <laughs> I hope so. I hope but, so. Uh, you know, we've got shorter episodes, so that's fine. There's a nice in. Nice little diverse. Anyone who listens to my Watch Over podcast is a standard operating procedure hour and a half, two hours. So, <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, if people want to follow your thoughts now, would you remind them where they want where they can do that? Yep, you can go to uh, Jbuffy Angel uh, Tumblr Tumblr dot com, or I am Jbuffy Angel on Twitter. And if you're wondering why I created that name, I literally was like, my name's Jen, and I like Buffy and Angel, and that, and it just, I got stuck with it. <laughs> I was like, by the time, like, maybe the blog blew up, I was like, I can't change it, so <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> hey, that's great. Now people can find you. Well, you know, it had kind of worked out, because I don't have an arrow, uh, it's not related to arrow, so it does kind of stand out a little bit, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if, if whatever you can do to get people to remember you, I think in this realm is great. So yeah. all for it. Worked out. Completely backed my way into it. <laughs> <laughs> Not the plan. So, Nothing I do is planned, rarely. So, <laughs> so thank you for coming on and we'll thank definitely do this again um yeah you know next time people will just be prepared that it's two hours uh and it'll be fine oh, Jen's here. 
this has been Nick's Infinite Playlist Podcast. I don't have a podcast Twitter account yet, but uh, I do have, I pretty much commandeered the hashtag Nick's Infinite Playlist. So if there's something you want to do or see, uh, use that hashtag, tweet at me, Nikki A. Hogan. Um, and then there is a Facebook page for the, for the podcast. So uh, you can follow that if you want to. And uh, definitely subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating on one of the nine platforms that I won't list off right now, but among them, Apple, Google, Spotify, what have you. So this has been Nick's Invit Playlist. Thank you again, Jen, and good night and good luck.